Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am very, very, very excited to have Josh Fisher on. He is the co-host of The Charity Stripe. He is a Believe producer. He hosts the Horns Up show, and he's never lost a thumb war. Josh, welcome to the show. It's a big fact. I'm glad you said the thumb war thing last, because that's what I'm most proud of. It's also the only reason I had you on today. Virtually, because you're scared. Yeah, exactly. Because I was like, I don't want to lose a thumb war. It's like the thumb war champion of the world. You're going to have me on in person, and we're going to do this live. And I told you that, and you're like, you know what? Let's just do it over Zencaster. Yep, that's exactly what happened. But I did upgrade you to video. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad I made the cut. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Video really, I'm going to be honest with you and the audience. Video 100%, not 100%, but on this particular podcast is often determined by if I can pull myself together before the pod. Okay. So it's not really as much dependent on the guest as it is dependent on you. Yeah, it's really actually not dependent on the guest at all. It's pretty much dependent. Unless the guest is like, I just can't do video today, mm. then it's dependent on the guest. But otherwise, it's dependent on my ability to pull myself together before recording the show. I like doing the video. I like, I, I, first, I think my backdrop isn't spectacular. I, I could have a better backdrop because I have better options. I think this is probably my worst option. This just happens to be where my desk is. Uh, mm. But I do like this backdrop. I mean, I, I think I have band posters behind me of bands that people probably don't know. So I think so you're also like a music aficionado. We can add that to your resume. I would say I know I would I go to a lot of lot of lot of concerts. I follow you on Instagram, so I can confirm that that is true. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't I, I think I go to more concerts than most people. You definitely go to more than most of the people I follow on Instagram. Yeah, I pretty much I try to go to one every other week. Wow, that is a lot of concerts. I mean, that's awesome. It's the best. I would rather go to a concert than go to a bar or a club. Yeah, same. Right. First of all, going to a club is like not high on my list of things I want to do. But that's fair. I would rather go to a concert too. You make a good point. Yeah. It's like, you know, talent, live music. You get to see people you listen to every day. I saw the Chili Peppers in uh, the Netherlands two weeks ago. How was your trip to the Netherlands? It was bananas. That was the craziest trip. I've, that, was, that was literally the craziest day I've ever had. We took, two, we took a two-hour train from... Amsterdam to the middle of Bumble Fugues. I don't know if I could curse on this, this show. I probably won't. Uh, uh, I don't know you're a believed producer, so I guess it's a little bit kind of your call. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, Bumble, I try not to. Bumble Fugues, Netherlands. Um, <laughs> and we just saw there's 65,000 people and we were packed in this crowd like sardines. It was like crazy at one point, honestly, how, how packed everyone was. And then we just absolutely raged with a bunch of Dutch people to the Chili Peppers. And then took, it took us three hours to get home. Oh, but was it worth it? Oh my God. Was it worth it? Of course. It's the greatest band of all time. Well, then there you go. I will die on that hill. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device 
to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. I saw them at the DirecTV Super Bowl party in what state was I in? I don't remember. But oh my gosh, I can't believe I just said that. It was a direct TV Super Bowl party when the Super Bowl was at Levi Stadium. So that is what I probably I should gonna, remember. I was going to guess it was probably with the Niners. <laughs> uh, the, it wasn't the Niners. The Niners weren't in it. Yeah, it was but just something to in, do with the, the Bay. What, what year was it? That would be 2016. So you saw them, but you haven't seen seen them yet because in 2009, their guitarist, John Vershanti, left the band. And now he's just returned for this tour. He's oh. Back. So you saw Josh Klinghoffer at the guitar, who's great, but not even close to John Frusciante. So now you have to go see them again. Now I have to go see them again. All right. Well, I'm going to add that to my list of things to do then. Oh, and you're, you've got your Red Sox mug. We're going to get into baseball a little bit Please, later yeah. on the show. Uh, but I appreciate that you brought your Red Sox coffee mug with you for this episode. Yes, I did. I did. I did. I love the socks. So you love the socks. You love the red hot chili peppers. Let's, we're going to get through the list, all the lists of things that you love by the end of this podcast. This is going to, oh, great. I can't wait. This is, this is awesome. All right. To see how many things you can think of. Yeah. So but for, first, the next thing that you love, I mean, I don't know how much you love it, but that you pay close attention to, NBA draft mm. was last night. Mm. Your girl here is a football and baseball aficionado. But obviously, pay attention to the NBA. We've been talking a little bit, of, a little bit more basketball the last couple weeks because you know they had like the finals and all that big mm. stuff. Uh, but NBA draft last night. What was your favorite pick? Your least favorite pick and your surprise pick? My favorite pick in the whole day. I like I like the pick by the Pacers. I thought Benedict Matherin out of Arizona, the guard. I think he's really ready to play now kind of guy and he's going to turn some heads early in Indiana because it's a team that isn't playing for much so the younger guys get more opportunity mm-hmm. which is generally the case for the teams picking at the top of the draft are not good right that's why you're picking there correct and you have a lot of minutes to go around and your suit and your quote-unquote guy you take in the lottery this year is a guy you expect and hope to be a superstar or have superstar to potential all-star potential, or at least be a very good starter for years to come. That's what you're picking a guy in the top 14 for. And Benedict Matherin, I think, is a guy in Indiana who's going to really pair well and nicely with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of run, especially that they're looking to trade Malcolm Brogdon, although he didn't go last night. Uh, and I think that he can really score at all levels. And the fact that he played on the West Coast in the Pac-12 hurt him in the eyes, not of scouts, obviously, because they don't miss anything, Mm -hmm. but maybe in the casual to not even casual, just to any NBA fan, because the Pac-12 is the worst televised anything of all time. Pac-12 stinks. I hate the Pac-12. You want to talk about things I love? Things I hate is the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 commissioner is terrible. All right, so you know we can hit all kinds of things. Things you love, things you hate. Pac-12 is, Uh. I hate the Pac-12. Not the teams, the way it's handled. And I think that West Coast basketball loses a lot of viewers. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, there's only so much you can do. There is the time issue, but they don't don't combat that well enough, I feel. 
And mm-hmm. I think Benedict Matherin is really going to turn some heads. And yeah, I love that pick. Did not like the Keegan, Keegan Murray, Iowa pick. People have made Coach Pinelli talk to us. He's got a show on the network. He's a great guy. My co-host, Alex Asopoulos, talked to me about it for a while. I don't think Keegan Murray is going to be a bad player. I just would not. I would have taken Jaden Ivey at four if you're the Kings. And I know they have two guards, Davion Mitchell and, and De'Aaron Fox, which you spoke and mentioned Tyrese Halbert, who they traded for Sabonis to Indiana. And I think they traded the wrong guard, but that's in the past. They have, but it's still bothering you. It, well, they have the three guards and it was something they were willing to do before. I know they were going to trade one, but they had the three guards. And it was something they were willing to do in the past. And I don't think it would have been an issue to play to bring in Ivy and continue to play Davion off the bench in a Marcus Smart-esque role. And I think Ivy and Fox work well together. And I think that he's got the upside, if you're the Kings, was worth it. And the Kings have a track record of picking a guy and the next guy being a superstar. I just don't think Keegan Murray can be a superstar. I think he could be a fine player in the league. I'm not saying he won't be. but I, And he can score the basketball, which if you can shoot, you're going to stay in the NBA. I just think that there were better options like Benedict Matherin, like Jaden Ivey, guys I would have taken ahead of Keegan Murray. And I didn't love that at the four. All right. And your most surprised pick? There's a couple. I mean, we got into the 20s and I was like, what's going on here? I mean, there's there was no like draft and stash. Like we're going to take this guy from Yugoslavia or like, you know, the 23 that no one's ever heard of just so we don't have to put him on the roster right away and draft and stash kind of type deal mm-hmm. like we've seen in the past. But I thought the Christian Brown pick out of the Nuggets was interesting. Probably would not have gone there. I mean, I like I, I, he was good at Kansas and he was a he was a firecracker score. He just reminded me of a guy. I, I, Jack Ferris said it best. There were just games he was just not non-existent, you know. And and I don't think that you want that. I didn't love that pick. I thought the Dalen Terry pick, another Arizona guy, inversely to the Benedict Matherin take. I thought the Dalen Terry pick from Chicago was. Peculiar because to me he's not he's a, he could be good and he's a very exciting mm-hmm. young player, but like exciting in the sense that he's athletic and he's got a spark, he's got grit, but not a game changer guy that can plug in right away for a team that thought they were contending were first in the East at at a deep point into the season. Mm-hmm. If you're a team <laughs> picking in the 16 to like 24 range, you're still a team that was competitive. Mm-hmm. Like you're a team that made the playoffs. Right. At that point, you have to assess, are we a team that made the playoffs that are on the down? That that was like, whoa, we made the playoffs. We snuck in, but we still kind of are patching things up in the house. Or are mm-hmm. we a team like Chicago? They may lose Zach Levine, but they have Vucevic. They have DeRozan. They have guys that they've picked in the lottery and Patrick Williams and Kobe White, who hasn't really panned out yet, unfortunately. You signed Lonzo Ball. You signed Caruso. Like, that's the guy you're going to go get. I know they wanted more depth at the guard position. Maybe they felt scared after all the injuries this year, and that's making a young, young depth. And that's where the Dale and Terry pick comes from. But I, I, I thought it was, and again, it's nothing against the player. I just don't think it was the right fit. I would have gone with somebody with more. I like Ty Ty Washington as a prospect better. I think the Kentucky guards get bad for some reason. They always drop later than they should, and they always mm-hmm. pan out. Always, not always, always, because guys obviously don't pan out. But like a lot of the times, like Devin Booker, Kentucky guard, went to a 13. He should have been picked higher, obviously. 
mm-hmm. you know, quickly. Tyrese Maxey, these are guys that went in the twenties and they should have been picked higher. They had great, great seasons again. I think the Ty Ty Washington pick him falling to Houston. He'll get some good opportunity there. Well, he, and then the only bad thing about the NBA draft is you can be drafted and traded, but it's not like the NFL where they do it right away. It goes in mm-hmm. right away. It, there's like the proposed trade. So like it was like the Memphis pick to the Minnesota pick and Woj is tweeting this and Shams is tweeting that. Woj, I, I'm on the, I hate Woj train too. So Woj, Pac-12, don't like Red Sox. Okay. Red Hot okay, so these are the things that are in the, the don't like column. And I think that because they spoil it for these kids sometimes. Mm-hmm. What was the pick? Well, there was a pick where Woj announced that this is a moment that the, the excitement, the thrill of these kids hearing their name called on national TV for the first time. And it's mm-hmm. like Woj and some of these guys just don't care. Right. Because I'll give you a prime example of it. It was, who was the pick? It was the pick. Okay. <clears throat> it was David Roddy. Okay. Another surprise. I was surprised he went there too out of Colorado State. Um, that was an interesting one. And where did he go? He went 23rd to the Sixers, but the Sixers traded that draft pick to the Grizzlies with Danny Green for DeAnthony Melton. That was the deal. Okay. All you have to do if you're Woj is say that. The Sixers mm-hmm. are trading Danny Green in the 23rd pick to the Memphis Grizzlies for DeAnthony Melton. And he's like, I hear the pick is going to be this and this is going to... And then it was that. And it's like, good for you, dude. Like, at mm-hmm. what point are we going to stop, you know giving this dude a reach around for knowing for knowing things five minutes before we do for breaking news like it was cool five years ago dude like stop breaking you don't have to break everything there has to be and it's true and then and I have the same problem with Schefter I really do I I had a huge I will I respect what Adam Schefter's done for his career I think it's unbelievably impressive not a bad, and clearly, there's no been there's there's never been like a bad blemish. You know what I'm saying? Like he's never done mm-hmm. anything wrong in the workplace. He's done it the on. He's done it the right way. He's he's you know what he's done is he's changed. He's really he's made money off Twitter. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's made a career off just being very very in the know and and having quick fingers. Like he you know it's it's impressive what he's done. All that being said, after the whole Tom Brady thing, I don't I don't care for him. Well, he's actually, he's had a couple rough goes in the last few months. There was the Deshaun Watson tweet that was not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was even, the Dwayne Haskins thing was brutal. Yeah, the Dwayne Haskins thing. So that was, it's, you know, I think that sometimes you want to be first, but you have to be right. And maybe, maybe not everything has to be first, if that makes sense. Maybe sometimes maybe you can just let news happen and you don't have to break news and it will be okay. Especially. If it's sentimental. Yes. Like you, you, not everything has to be so robotic. Yes. And I think, I hope Schefter's learned that over the past spring. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I hope Woj gets a friendly reminder soon. That's the case because it's, he's not going to realize what I'm realizing. It's a, it's a pet peeve of mine. Like I think that Adam Silver should have been the one to announce that this kid was getting drafted because that's a part of, it shouldn't be just like, just a throwaway like that. And I hear like, this guy's the pick, like just spoiling it for like, you know, I'm sure the kid knew he was going to be drafted because he called him ahead of time. They let him know and there's the, right. right. So he knows, but that whole, 
that it should be announced that way. I don't think it should be spoiled like that because it's a big night for these kids. And especially a guy like Roddy, who's again, I was surprised he went in the first round. Like not many people had that mocked and saw that coming. Like that was a surprise pick. Like, him sneaking into the end of the first, not even in that deep in the end of the first. He was like in the 20, 23rd. Like there was several picks after him. So I, I, I didn't enjoy that out of Adrian Wojnarowski. And I think he, he could, he could be better. He could be, I think he's feeling the heat because there's, there's so many people on Twitter now and there's so many people that can be first. Right. Well, and that's, that becomes, I think a, almost a bigger discussion on the whole thing because now there is so much competition. Bring out that Red Sox mug and it just, I kind of like it. First of all, I like the mug. <clears throat> Mug's great. For those of you watching on YouTube, it's a great mug. Amazon. But I think that's something to think about with the industry. Do we always have to be first on everything or can we sometimes just let news happen? And that I, that's a bigger discussion generally. And I don't have a good answer for that right now, but you're not the only person that I saw talking about that on Twitter, by the way. Yesterday, I saw other people on Twitter talking about that yesterday. Yeah, so. he's a bum. It might be. Um, it's interesting though because it's the NFL draft is so different. I mean, there is you get the you know the pick goes up on Twitter before it's announced, but it's just done differently. And by then, I think the kid knows he's being drafted. Yeah, sure. I mean the kid knows, and like that the NFL draft is very different. It's totally different. Yeah, it's a totally different event. And and then also the thing with and they're not checking Twitter. You know, it's not being announced. They're not, it's now not being announced live on TV and the NFL draft. These guys see it too on Twitter, but they don't announce it. And the whole thing, you know, they took, you couldn't bet on who the first overall pick was going to be on some books. Really? No, because Woj spent the whole day tweeting. It was a lot. Oh, you couldn't bet. Yeah. I get it. Okay. okay. You couldn't bet on who the first pick was going to be. So, I mean, not that I was going to do that. I'm not a big better. But go to betonline.ag. Uh, I'm not a big which will which you guys heard the ad earlier, and we'll mention it again at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm not a big better better. I don't bet like frequently enough like that. I wouldn't have bet on that. But that's ridiculous. The whole yeah, and and it's ridiculous for Jabari Smith, who probably maybe he's not checking Twitter up until the moment. But throughout the day is hearing that he is going to be taken and everyone is reporting that he is going to be taken and he's anticipating being the first pick. And then he's let down on live TV because Adrian Wojnarowski, who knows everything, didn't. So mm, that's a good point, too. There's no care for the players out of these some of these guys. There is. And there it kind of goes the human element of of the industry and what we do and remembering that there are people with feelings. I deal with this with fans a lot who I have this thing. I, I really don't like it when someone refers to someone as trash because they did something wrong in a football game. There are a lot of trash human beings. They're not trash because they dropped a pass on third down. I know that in that moment they didn't do their job, but I have a problem calling them trash. It's just a personal thing. I've definitely, most people don't agree with me on this. Yeah. But that's, I just think there are trash human beings, but for doing things a lot worse than that. And, and people have said to me, well, the comment is they're trash in that moment. Like, but that's not what people say. They say so-and-so is trash. And I just, I have a problem with that. I, I don't like that, but I'm definitely, most people don't agree with me on that. But that's the thing. But it comes to this like human element of these are people doing their job. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, someone could listen to this podcast and say Tracy Sandler is trash. And 
they may not like how I like host the show, but like as a human being, I'm definitely not trash, but fine. That's, it's my choice to do this and be in the public eye and the same with athletes. But I think we do have to remember that they are people with feelings and they're doing their job. And when you're a lawyer or an accountant, usually nobody is walking into your office or dentist or whatever and saying you're trash. Maybe they are, but it's just something to think about. So there is like a human element of this that I do think is worth talking about and thinking about. Yeah, there's so many devils. There's always so many, yes, you're, because you are right. But then there's the element of like, well, accountants getting paid 200K, a really really good accountant. And you could ride the bench and be quote unquote garbaggio. This is a nicer way of saying trash. Then, uh, uh, in, in, by NBA standards, you could be the worst player in the NBA and still get a milli. Yeah. But then I feel like, so I guess I'd feel differently about it if the tweet was, that was that was a trash play by so-and-so. Yeah. I, I, I would feel differently about it. Just this idea that so-and-so is trash. And I know they're used to it. I mean, they're also human and I know it at a certain point can bother you and I think social media is... A, a big part of what we do. And of course it's, it's just part of the game and literally and figuratively. And you're right. They're getting paid a lot of money. And I think a lot of guys maybe don't pay attention to it. I just, there is this human element that I do sometimes think gets forgotten that athletes are people. Yeah. No, I mean, totally. I mean, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So there's my little soapbox. Yeah. yeah, yeah we could eliminate trash. That's, that's doable. Yeah. We could expunge we, that from our vocabulary. We could it's fair. say, or he, Bad play. Yeah. He didn't perform. Or that was a trash play. Or he was trash on that play. Okay. It just not trash in general. Yeah. Not trash in general. Understood. Yeah. There's so there's that. Let's try to get that going, Josh. I could I could I could help champion that. That's doable. That's that's feasible. I could I could Yay. Well, I'm really glad that we got here. This feels good. Uh, well, great NBA draft discussion. But you know what I didn't bring up at the beginning when I talked about how you host the horns up podcast is that you got a new quarterback yeah at the university of texas we did arch manning coming to 40 acres very exciting it's unbelievable and it, it we're back in the sense that we can go and we can get these guys and we can fill rooms especially the quarterback room which has been an issue that's been like the biggest issue for texas is finding that guy mm-hmm. And we have not even like, a haven't been able to find the guy, and b haven't been able to fill the let alone fill the room with multiple guys that can kind of wagon wheel this thing. Like you see at Alabama, and you're seeing at Ohio State, and you're seeing we were supposed to see at Clemson. I prefer with, you don't bring Ohio State up on this podcast. Are you not? Not? Are you in Michigan? Do you go to Michigan? I went to Michigan. Did you know that I grew up a major Buckeye fan, and that? Definitely didn't, or you would not be sitting here right now. I love the Buckeyes, and then I grew up a Buckeye fan. And then we were talking about it yesterday that the that Longhorns played Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl in like oh eight or oh nine, and we were like, "What?" I was like, "I definitely probably rooted for Ohio, hundred percent rooted for Ohio State in that." Well, you probably did. You probably didn't know at that point. But I was going to go to Texas. Yeah, Texas. definitely didn't know. Yeah, I grew up a Buckeye fan. I actually got into Michigan. And the only way I would have gone there is if I didn't get into anywhere else. And I had to go there. It was like my last resort. How is that possible? It is the best school in the world. It was the most wonderful place to go to school. 
you should redo this whole thing and now go there for school. No, you know what? I totally take back what I said five minutes ago. Michigan's trash. And that was the last time he ever guessed Josh this. Guessed ever, it or me. Tracy ever spoke to Josh. I haven't even talked about Cody Bellinger yet. Well, and we're going to get to Cody because it's Friday. And as anybody, everybody listens to podcast knows, Fridays is Cody Corner Day. Your good buddy Nick Kreider was on here for Cody Corner Day. He did not like it at all. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it was not, he was not into it even a little, but he powered through. But uh, yeah, it is Cody Corner Friday, but we'll get to that shortly. But I can't believe you just said Michigan is trash. That was so mean Thanks. and really kind of uncalled for. Stinks on ice. Uh, who beat Ohio State this year? Okay, yeah. Sure. Out of after how many years? Doesn't matter. They beat them. Big Ten Championship. It counts. They got. No. They went and got absolute. And I and you know I said I don't bet a lot. That was one thing I did. But I bet on Michigan to beat Georgia. Oh, you did? I wouldn't have done that. New Year's Eve. I had a feeling it was going to go the way it went. And they were literally bamboozled, embarrassed, and shanghai I think that it's exciting that Aiden Hutchinson stays home in Detroit. That I will, that it's exciting. But, but the, the, the Longhorns, we have to convert this to wins. I mean, Arch Manning's not going to see the field for a couple of years. I see you've switched subjects and you're trying to get off Michigan. Oh, yeah. I can only, there's only so much I got to taste soap in my mouth. The <gasps> Michigan Arch Manning. I was talking to Jack Ferris. He's getting some shout out on this podcast. We were just talking about it last night with him, me, him, and Alex. And tag him in the tweet. Yeah, yeah, tag him because he got a good couple <laughs> shout outs in here. Uh, and he was saying that Arch Manning is going to start next year. If Arch Manning starts next year, how many wins it? And I said, if Arch Manning starts next year, it's disaster. Oh. Arch Manning shouldn't... See, if Quinn Ewers... Is that started, a hot take? No, it's not, a hot, not, it's a, hot not a hot take. It's, okay. it's a completely sane take. Arch Manning should not, be see, should not see the field until 2024. Unless we're... Okay. Unless it's a blowout. He should be redshirt freshman. Shouldn't mm -hmm. touch the field. Unless we're winning in a blowout. Quinn Ewers was the prize before Arch Manning. Arch Manning is like the prize of the future. Like, Hey, I'm 15 years old, but when you're 16 and 17, you're going to get to drive. You've been, you've done good enough in school. You've been a great kid. You're going to get to drive the Mercedes. You're not going to have to drive the minivan in two years. My best friend tells me I'm the prize, but you're telling me that Arch Manning is the prize. No, you're not telling me that someone else is the prize. No. Who was the prize? The prize right now is Quinn Ewers. Yes. So I'm not the prize. My best friend is wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. Sure. I don't know what your best friend's telling you on the side, but <laughs> definitely Quinn Ewers. And Quinn Ewers should be our quarterback this year, and he should be our quarterback next year if things are going well. Best case scenario is Quinn's a quarterback next year. Arch Manning gets a year to learn under him, and things are flowing smoothly. Heck, if Arch Manning is a starting quarterback for one year, and then, you know, I mean, he should probably be the starting quarterback for two years, hopefully, and it's great. And he goes, the NFL, fine. Like, that's great. Like, that's what you want. Like, Mac Jones is a quarterback for a year and a half. And he wasn't even supposed to be a quarterback for that half year. It was supposed to be Tua. Tua mm -hmm. got hurt. The hit. Yes, he did. And then... Thank for Tua. It was like Jalen before that. And it that's how Alabama works. And now it's Bryce Young, who's only going to be the quarterback for two years. Bryce Young sat as well. Yes, that's true. Like, Arch Manning is not going to play right away. This is an amazing get for the program. Nothing is set in stone, though. 
Like we have to go and deliver in the fall because like he's not going to bail. I mean, Nick, we bring up Nick. Nick was like, he's a Manning. He's not going to bail or back out. And look at Eli. God, didn't want to go to the Chargers and look what happened there, right? He, yeah, he true. Bailed, and so let's not let's not put too much. Nick probably doesn't like talking about that because yeah, it's the yeah, there was like a whole this is different. Thing, you know, like, I mean, it is different, but like you know, Nick I, also getting a lot of shout outs on this podcast. None of it's super positive though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk more about him. It's different. Uh, <laughs> the thing with this is like these guys are not nothing is set in stone until they're playing. Like they can, there's no transfer. There's a tr- the transfer portal is non-existent. You could just be like, hey, like any normal kid, honestly. So always with the transfer. Mm-hmm. T- you have to sit out a year. Why? If I wanted to, let's say, like I was at Texas and I got dropped in my head and like I lost all my marbles and for some reason had this bonkers epiphany that I wanted to transfer to Michigan and make a terrible decision and do that. Or you, this is I cannot believe. Oh, this is like one of the great programs in the country ever. And Ann Arbor is like the best place to go to school. It's not, it's not a top five school to go to. Incorrect. You Top 10. Yeah. Not top five. I really feel that this is just awful. The things you've said to me right now. It might be. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I would go to Miami before I went to Michigan. Mm. Well, you would be missing out on the college town and the experience. Yeah, but you see right there, you couldn't argue that because you know. Right. No, I would not True. because I would not go to Miami before I went to Michigan. Obviously, because I went to Michigan. I would go to Miami. I'd go to Vandy for sure. Disagree. But then again, here's a fun fact for you. Think about, think about your, your thing about Vandy, the, the Miami and Michigan and Texas. And I was going to say USC don't have. Vandy knows they're going to stink. They can just go get drunk at the games. Us up until this year for you and probably soon for us and soon for USC. I don't know about Miami because they're a little behind the eight ball right now. We've had the hopes and dreams come crashing down in just matters of moments in September. Like, oh, this is the year we are going to do it. Like, if Texas, if we lose to Alabama, okay. Even if we lose to OU, Mm-hmm. I'm not like gonna put my head through the wall unless it's, it is unless it's like last time where we blew it. If we lose to Kansas, I will literally I'll I will literally throw myself physically throw myself. I don't know wherever I am at. You'll just throw yourself. You'll just jump through like a wall or something. Wall, you know, I, 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 into a pool. I don't. I will throw myself. Pool. Well, if it's a hot day, the pool might be nice. No, it's gonna be cold. It's gonna be November. We play them. I think we should play them in November. Yeah, but you live in Los Angeles, so it's only going to I will make sure it is the coldest day that Los Angeles has ever seen and throw myself into the ocean. And like <laughs> I will make sure it's the coldest day. And I didn't know you had that much power. Yeah, I will I will make I will make it happen and I will Bruce Almighty for a day and I'll throw myself into the ocean <laughs> and wade there until I get eaten by sharks. Oh my god, it's terrible. It's gonna <laughs> I really will be rooting so hard for Texas that day. Yeah. Be like, hook them, Horrence. Hook them forever. If we lose to Kansas, I will literally, I, I don't even know what I would do. Well, we're going to have to clip off part of this podcast if they lose to Kansas. I would confess to a crime I didn't commit. You better prison. Okay. Well, now that we know what, what will happen if Texas loses to Kansas and Josh has gone out of his way to 
trash the great University of Michigan, which is the best school in the entire world. So he's completely wrong about it. And he even has me using the word trash, which we know I don't like. Mm. We're going to talk about baseball where he can now make fun of the great Cody Bellinger. So we're just not great. Not, you know what? He is great. Uh, I'm going to do a quick little overview for the listeners here. You guys know I'm a big Dodgers fan, obviously. Uh, Josh is a Red Sox fan, big New England guy. Sorry about the Celtics, by the way. I didn't say that earlier. It It definitely, it happens. What you going to do? Um, also kind of a Mets fan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was the Mets. I pulled for them. Okay. So there's that. Uh, but let's talk a little baseball. It is Friday. So it's Cody corner day, as I mentioned earlier, but before we get there, why don't you tell us a little about what's going on with your Red Sox and any concerns you may have for the season? No concerns anymore. There were concerns at the beginning, several. We started off 10 and 19. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Unfortunate. But now we start off 10 and 19. And since we started off 10 and 19, we were 29 and 12. That's much better. It's leaps and bounds better. <laughs> it's we're on fire. We're in, we're in the wild card fully. We're not going to catch the Yankees. We're 13 back. I mean, if we catch the Yankees. Things have gone terribly wrong for the Yankees, which I know is what you would like to see. But if you the Red Sox catch the Yankees, things have gone terribly wrong. If we catch the... I grew up in New York. and I have a lot of friends who are Yankees fans. One of my closest friends from you know back home is a Yankees fan. Mm-hmm. Huge Yankees fan. Okay. I will literally... If the Red Sox beat the Yankees, I will take a crap in a brown paper bag and light it on fire and leave it on his front doorstep. I will do that to him. I know that's we a little crap. We have a lot of promises being made on this podcast around around games that I'm going to be honest with you. I really, really that might have been a little graphic for the fangirl crowd, but that's the that's the, that's the real nitty gritty of what goes on in Long Island, New York, and that's what I'm going to do as a 27 year old man. Well, I think we can all, and I think everyone joins me in hoping that the Red Sox do not catch the Yankees. That's my own personal feeling on that. But I do appreciate your commitment to your teams. I love that about you, Josh. I think you're a great Mm. team committer. If that's a word, I just made that up. But I think you are a great team committer. And I think they should know all the things you're willing to do for them, even if the rest of us wish we didn't. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's fair. Honestly, I would... I mean, literally, like, yeah, I would do anything for the, I would do anything for the Yankees to lose the World Series in like a heartbreak. Well, if the Yankees are playing the Dodgers in the World Series, I possible, too, which is when possible. it is very possible, I too would do anything. Though the Dodgers have some issues that are going to have to be ironed out. You know, they they if they were to meet your other team, the Mets, in the playoffs. And the pitching staff of the Mets is healthy. I am a little bit concerned in a. I'm more concerned in a five game series than a seven game series. I think, but I have to put some thought into that. Well, you wouldn't see them in a five. You'd see them in a seven. Right. I the, still uh, am concerned. Still concerned. Sure. I mean, yeah, you have to face Degrom and Scherzer potentially twice. Yeah. So I actually take that back. I would be less concerned. I take. I don't. I said that wrong. I'm less concerned in a five game series than a seven game series, but. They're, they wouldn't meet in a five-game series, so it would be a seven-game series. And the Dodgers have some pitching woes. Now, in theory, they will have some reinforcements by October. In theory, Walker Bueller's back. In theory, maybe you have Dusty May back. 
And I'm sure they'll do something at the trade deadline to shore up that pitching staff. But there are issues in the bullpen and the spectacular lineup is spectacular, but some days they can't score a run, literally. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the lineup is incredible. It's incredible if it plays up to its potential. Minus Max Muncy. And there's a it's it's a very interesting lineup, actually, to be honest, because you have I would say three of the ten best players in baseball, position players in baseball. Correct. In Mookie, Freddie, and I think Trey Turner is incredible. Hundred percent could not agree more. You have an all star catcher, which is great. Mm-hmm. You have a solid backup catcher. I don't know why I'm throwing that out there, but I feel like Backup catcher is a kind of an important position, and you have a good well, one. Well, and I guess you could even make the argument, and many have, that Austin Barnes is a better defensive catcher than, than Will, Smith. Sure. Yeah. Will Smith. But Will Smith, of course, his offense is just incredible. But you have, but Austin Barnes can also be very clutch. So you have two really yeah. good options. Well, you, that you need a good backup catcher. Yeah, you need a good backup catcher in baseball. I think it's very important. I, not important enough to necessarily less, but shout out to Austin Barnes. Uh, the thing is, though, is like the, half the lineup's incredible and the other half of the lineup, it can't hit the right side of a barn. It's just really a tale of two halves. It's like, which is all good and dandy when Freddie, Will, and Mookie and Trey are clicking. When they're not, there's really no insurance. I mean, Gavin Lux is solid. He is. Chris Taylor is solid. So Both of are solid. So you have solid. So, and... I mean, Bellinger, Turner, and Muncy are three guys that you, like, on paper, anticipate to be studs. And Muncy's been horrible. Bellinger has been horrible. Mm, We're gonna have to. Well, there's no. There's. I mean, no offense, Tracy. I know you love him. I know he's handsome, but like, he's not. not, I just think. I mean, he can be very clutch, and he's an incredibly he's an incredible defensive center fielder. I've just accepted. There's a credible defense and that he's going to hit around 200 ish. And that when you really need him to be clutch, he can be, he did win game five of that NLDS last year against the giants. He's hitting 213, which is, an is on, which is abysmal, but an improvement. His okay. war last year, his war was in the negatives this year. It's, it's, it's 1.3 and it's strictly because of his defense. True. He strikes out like it's his job. His on-base percentage is pitiful. Pitiful. There was a point where he was doing a lot better at not swinging at bad pitches. And that point has left us because he really, and he was hitting, you may remember, you probably don't, but a couple months ago, he was the NL player of the week because he was hitting so well and playing so well. And I, here's, here's my theory. Here's my hot take on Cody Mellinger. We got to stop giving him awards. Soon as he gets an award, things start to go downhill. No more awards. The thing with Cody Mellinger is he won the rookie of the year. And I was like, there's something about this guy. And he was like projected to be the next big thing. And I was like, I don't buy it. I didn't buy it. And then the next year, he regressed. Not tremendously. But a little. But regressed. He definitely regressed. In less games. A lot less home runs. But I was then, like, okay, that makes sense. Now I was right. And then the following year, he wins the MVP where he di- where he wins the MVP because Christian Yelich, if Christian Yelich didn't get hurt, Christian Yelich won the MVP that year. We all know that. Another yeah. guy, by the way, I don't know what was in the water that year. 
Christian Yelich would have won the MVP, but he did, he's hurt. Cody Bellinger had a fantastic season. Murdered the baseball. Hit mm-hmm. for hit above 300. Mm-hmm. Won the MVP. And I was like, okay, I'm wrong. I was just wrong. And no, then he's it's proved me it's right not ever easy. since. Not as easy. It's not easy for me to say this, but if you look at the second half of the 2019 season, he started to regress. The first half was incredible. He started regressing in the second half of that season. He was a. He was. He barely won the MVP because he won the MVP because the other guy got hurt. Like that's like the that's it. Like he wasn't. Yeah, he was spectacular in April and May, and then he was. Fine. The other months, he had a, he had a terrible playoffs. Terrible, but he's not. He's not. He's not a he good was, hitter. But in twenty twenty, he was clutching the playoffs, and in twenty twenty one, he was clutching the playoffs. Yeah, but he's just not. A, he's just like not a good. What do you think happened? This is like one of the great mysteries of my life. Is what happened to my MVP? And I just, I wonder, like, what happened? This is my. Uh, this is what I just don't understand because sometimes he is such a good hitter. And, so, and I celebrate each win like it's the bottom of the ninth of game seven of the World Series. Everyone, like live and die by every, I mean, not each win, each hit, like it's game seven of the World Series. And I'm so excited for him that he hit the ball when that is his job. But I just wonder what happened. And I think he needs the sports psychologist from um, Ted Lasso. You know, maybe. Great, great TV show. Great TV show. She was awesome. I realize she's not a real person. But you, I mean, part of me feels it's got to be mental, right? He doesn't just lose his ability. It's the, the league figures you out. Baseball is a game of figuring each other. It's a chess match. I guess that's true. To figure out what he can't hit and pitch to him. Like he can't like, like, he can't, you have to be able to adjust to stay in the league. And they've adjusted to him and he hasn't adjusted back. And now he's, now his game, he's unraveled. You are right in the sense that he has unraveled. Like he needs to really, he's a really, really real. I will say that I will commend Cody Bellinger for this. He was a first baseman and they just stuck him in the outfield. He's incredible. Which, and then now he's incredible there. He's a really great fielder. I will go commend him for that. And I just think maybe we just have to all accept. And like I said, I've accepted it, that he is a tremendous defensive player who's going to hit around 200 and can be clutch in the playoffs when you need him to be. And maybe that's okay. I've just never seen rarely have seen an MVP. I can't think of a stuff I had. I mean, I guess Yelich as well. Where but Yelich got hurt. I, I can point to Yelich. I can think, okay. But then Cody Yelich, got hurt yeah. too. And last year, he was hurt a lot. He had the, the fractured He's not playing full season. Yeah. And then True. he ended up with, I believe it was a rib injury. Also in the 2020 playoffs, you may remember your guy now, Kike Hernandez, who I love. They, Cody and Kike did that like shoulder bump thing after Cody hit a home run, pop Cody's shoulder out, which led to an off season surgery. So he started the season still recovering. Then there was the fibula. Then I think there was a rib injury. So he definitely battled through a lot of injuries last, last year. year. He did. Yeah. He did not play a full season. He played under a hundred games last year. Yes. yes. And he was hurt. He, even when he was healthy, he was hurt. So there's that. And this season, it's been very up and down. But I still go back to let's stop giving him awards. I think it's bad luck for him. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Christian Yelich's stats now, too. And I don't know what happened. 
he too is like, what are we doing? He I mean he's been hurt, hurt though, but like I mean, kind of he played the pretty much the full twenty twenty season. I don't know what he was he got hurt at the end of that MVP year and that was it. Like mm-hmm. this is crazy. I mean, just crazy. It's really, yeah. really crazy. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my that's my take on Cody Bellinger. Really um, he seems I'm sure he's a great guy, but he's just not. Uh, did anymore. you see the picture that he Mookie and I took at the Dodger event last very week? Very nice, very nice. I love that. It was, it was awesome. exciting. And it was very, I'm just going to tell you all the story here. So I was wearing my jacket that I had made and it's all like glitter and Dodgers and World Series. And one sleeve has Cody Bellinger's number and one has Mookie's. And so when I went over to them and showed them, they thought that was very cool. Um, and they were very excited to take the picture. And it was really an exciting moment. And then Mookie was like, can you switch sleeves though? So the 50s next to me. And I was like, so excited. I was like... I don't know how to do that. And he was like, no, I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. There's no, there's no way for you to do that. We can still take the picture. Mookie didn't go on the other side of you. I was like, I mean, in theory, you two could move, but they didn't seem to want to do that. So it's fine. It's hilarious. Yeah. I, was, was, I, was, I love Mookie. Betts like my favorite player. Mookie is amazing. I'm such yeah. a, I think Mookie's perfect. He's, he's incredible. I've just decided he's a perfect human and no one can tell me otherwise. I've decided that he's already a Hall of Famer. He's a thousand percent already a Hall of Famer. I've already decided that. And I think when he's on, I think he's the best player in baseball. He's up there. It's tough. I don't think he's the best. I think he's top five though, which is great. I'm going with the best. But when it comes to the Dodgers, I am very biased, clearly. Biased. Yeah, I think the I, I think the <laughs> I think the I think Mookie think he, I don't think, I don't, there's, I've totally flipped my script and then there's, no, there is not a world where anyone is, my eyes better than Jayotan if he's playing like this. Okay, that's fine. Okay, that's, I will give you that. I will give you that. That's fair. I just can't be like, oh, he's the best. I mean, I love Mookie to death and I think he's. No, but you're right. Otani is just next level and otherworldly. Yeah, so it's I like, I'm thinking, I, yeah, we had a crazy debate about that, but is yeah, Otani's unfathomable. But I think good. he's like in a category all by himself. Yeah. Like no one else can. And no yeah. one else will ever. I don't think anyone will ever be like that. He's like once in a generation. That's what I said. He's, I said. he's truly incredible. Well, I think we solved the draft. We solved college football, except you were wrong and I was right. Okay. We may have solved Cody Bellinger, but again, I'm right and you're wrong. And I'm just saying like when the playoffs come and he's like super clutch, I'm just going to probably point that out we'll to a few times. Um, but that's, I, we've solved a lot of things here today and for that, I'm grateful. And I appreciate you coming on to talk to me and solve things. Tracy, happy to do so anytime you'd like here for you here to solve problems. Even you if guys I'm, were brought even to you, but apparently didn't solve them. <laughs> even if I was wrong, even if I was wrong and apparently didn't solve them. Yeah, no, you were wrong, but I appreciate you coming on and drive to solve them. And it's just good. I was here to correct you. Yeah, yeah. The effort was there. Okay, so I'm an effort guy. You know me, so you're welcome. Uh, You guys, if you like what you heard and how I solved problems and how Josh is wrong, make sure to leave us a five-star review. Follow us on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Fivo. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next week. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.